This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. Would you go to our foundational scripture, which is in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Now we know in previous teachings, we were in Philippians chapter chapter 2, and God made the turn, but we're still in Philippians because we are in the process of modeling this church after the church at Philippi. Because the church at Philippi was on point as we very, if you've been reading it, Paul began to address different things, and, and you can see where he addressed Ephesus, and he addressed the Corinthians, and he addressed, he addressed a, lot of, a lot of the different churches. But when it came to the one at Philippi, or the Philippians, he had some honorable things to say about, about them. But God has turned the corner now, and God is trying to get us to a place where we learn to press. Because it's very important, it's very vital in this portion of our life, in this dispensation of time, or this span of time of our life. The importance of understanding and knowing how to, uh, to grab a hold of the Word of God in everything that's going on in our country, everything that's going on in the world. Because it's not done. It's not done yet. I'm telling you, you all keep not believe in me. Something else is coming. Now, something else has already came for some of you, but something else is coming upon this whole world. And we have to be prepared and ready. We need to know what we need to do in times like these. And besides all the circumstances and situations that's in our lives, because we have those as well, you still have to press and press forward, move forward. You can't be stagnant. You can't stay in one place. It's time to move. And it's and let, nobody's going to move you. You have to move yourself. Amen? So if you're in Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 13, the Scriptures read, Brethren, I count not myself, this is Paul talking, I count myself to have apprehended, well, let me start over. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded, and if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. So that's one reason why you're here, because you might be otherwise minded. And God said, and I'm going to reveal it to you as I teach it to you. Amen. So making the turn, we are understanding, we have to understand that we must stay focused and undistracted undistracted if we're going to build our own lives and if we're going to build this church. And that's the main thing. Those are the leaders that I'm looking for. Those that are undistracted. Those that are focused. Those that God is, that's, that's under this good and firm foundation that have been laid by our founding pastor. We have a foundation, so we are beginning to build on it. Amen? And then I talked a little bit about if you're going to be a wall builder, you have to be moving 
forward. You have to be pressing forward. You know, you're going to always have people that's just going to be in church. You're going to have that. But then you're going to have those that press, those that push forward. You have to make, I mean, an effort, a conscious effort that I'm going to move forward. And then you have to move. Amen. I told you to press means to consistently make progress. So ask yourself, have you consistently made progress? I'm not talking about here a little and maybe every now and then, once every six months. That's not progress. And that is not pressing. Pressing is consistently, consistently making progress. Amen. And I understand when you're making a consistent progress, it can be very difficult. Because we live in this world and we live in distractions and things that are going on. So, yes, it is and it can be very difficult. But nevertheless, you still must press. Amen. And then I told you that I want to make sure that you know how to have a continuous press. In these, these teachings, how to have a continuous press. I want to make sure that you know how to reach forward to those things that are before you. I also want to make sure that you know how to forget those things that are behind, those things that are in your past. And if you're a person that's always thinking about what you did in the past, you're not moving forward. You can't look backwards and move forward. You can't, you can't, move, you can't be looking backwards and move forward. It doesn't work like that. You have to forget those things and move forward. Amen. And then I told you that the will of God is always in front of us. Always know that the will of God for my life is in front of you. That's why you got to press forward. It's always in front of you. Whether you know it or not, the will of God is in front of you. Amen. And then I told you, uh, with us continuing to press, sometimes we have the struggle, and sometimes we're just moving. We're moving, 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 but not forward, just busy, tiring ourselves out, doing absolutely nothing, because at the end of the day, you're the same place that you were from the beginning. And so we have to understand, okay, uh, something is something more to just moving. It, there is. There's a difference between moving and moving forward. I told you that. It's a difference between moving and moving forward. You can move all you want to and never, never move forward. And I gave you the example. I said, wheels can roll and roll and roll. You can be in the same spot. You can get on an exercise bike. The wheels are rolling and rolling and rolling. But when you're through, how many, how many of you know you're still right there? So it doesn't matter that you're moving, but are you moving forward? So sometimes people can just be moving in ministry, just moving, moving, but not moving forward. And this is what we must do in moving forward. Amen? And uh, you did that before the pandemic, and you did it while the pandemic was going on. We're going to deal with that. God's going to deal with that today. Then I told you that the next 10 months, before the 2023, it is even more important of how we handle these next months, 10 months or 9, however many months we have left, it's so important for us to handle them properly. Much better than we did the last 12 months or the last 24 months, the two years that we've been out. It is very critical that you handle these last months very, very carefully. Are you, are you following me? Very important because I'm going to tell you, some of you, you don't even have a clue. Let me tell you, you stepping in some stuff, you won't know it until later. 
Because you won't listen to sound counsel and sound doctrine that's going to build you up and make you stay patiently. I, I can look back on so many, so many uh, messages that the Lord has given us that nobody have an excuse. Even those that are getting married, those that want to get married, you have no excuse, excuse to be failing in marriage other than the fact that you're not listening to counsel. And I'm going to tell you right now, marriage is not a game. And marriage is not a plaything. And marriage, for God's sake, is not a wedding. A wedding is a wedding. I got to come, I got to make sure I come, come back and teach about the trash masher. Y'all remember that years ago. That's still, you know, it transcends time. Because that's all that's in there, a bunch of trash bags. And it'll start smelling the day after the wedding. Be like, what is that? Or the trash that's always been there. The trash. Because I'm, let me tell you. I'm going to tell you something and I'm going to move on because I don't even want to deal with that. We got them dealing with marriage. But I want to say this one thing. There is nobody that have ever gotten married and got shocked about anything that's going on in their life because all of the signs are always there before you get married. Always. Now you can ignore them and you can say you're going to fix them. You could even say I'm ready to put in the work but you don't even, you don't have a clue. But I guarantee you every sign is always there. So us teaching, that's just God's grace. That's what the, they were singing about there. That was God's grace. So amazing. He's still trying to give you grace to, to see. But all the signs are right there. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to fix nothing. You can't. God ain't fixing it and you think you're going to. You ain't strong enough. We're moving on from that. And then we, we talked about, uh, hmm, I told you about the, the next ten months. And then I told you that I see many people, and I, I see it all the time, you know, and talking to people and, you know, and just conversating with them or being around them. Many people, they blame their external conditions, and they're waiting for something to change before they move forward. Like, yeah, well, you know, this is going to change, and, you know, this is going to change, and then this is going to happen. They're always waiting for something external outside to change to think something is going to get better. And they blame it on because of where they are. Whatever they're doing, this is why we're here. But it's going to change when this happened or that happened. No, it doesn't work like that either. I'm telling you, you're waiting on a condition to change. And that's not it. You've got to make progress in the midst of everything. In the midst of troubles, trials, situations, circumstances. You've got to press. Amen. And I told you that I don't want to see any, as your pastor, I don't want to see any of us stuck in a situation like that. Stuck in just different things that, that keep us from moving forward. Just stuck. And you can get stuck. You can love the Lord and be stuck. See, everybody thinks, okay, if I love the Lord. No, no, no. There's plenty of people love the Lord, but they're stuck instead of moving forward. It's not that they don't love, they do love the Lord. They're just stuck. And I'm going to tell you a person that's stuck. These are some of the signs. They're always revisiting the past. Always revisiting, always rehearsing 
things, reliving things over and over again. If you are a person that's always doing that, you are a person that's stuck. Always reliving, always back and forth with what happened in the past. You are, I didn't say you didn't love the Lord, but you're stuck. Forgetting those things that are behind. You gotta press. You gotta renew your mind. You gotta change your way of thinking on purpose. Are you with me? So, you're not really pressing if you're into all that. Then I remember I gave you a statement that I didn't want you to write down. And I hope everybody meditated on that statement when I began to tell you. Well, let me make the statement that I made. I said, if you were born again and filled with God's Spirit. Now, now don't drop off on that as the statement goes on. If you are born again and filled with God's Spirit to the best of your ability... I, and, and, and you've applied the Word of God in your life, you know, and the Word of God, like Romans chapter 12, that says that you need to transform your, by the renewing, transform yourself by the renewing of your mind. Are you doing that? Like it says in 2 Corinthians, you know, bringing every thought into captivity and making it pay when it comes up against you, when it's making it pay when it's doing everything against the Word of God. You have to make that thought pay. Or are you sitting there thinking and thinking and thinking about the thought? Because whatever you think on the longest will come the strongest in your life. So if you, I said the person that is born again, filled with the Spirit, and they're applying that word. Romans, they're applying Corinthians in their life. And they're going forth and they're doing everything that they can. And something is happening in their, maybe in their body. And they just don't seem to be able to get up off the canvas. I told you, you might need outside help. And it kind of startled you for a minute because you were like, what? Because Jesus is the healer. Yes, he is the healer. But I said, see, 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 this is where you get to fall off. I said, if you're doing all of that, if you're born again, filled with the Spirit, working the Word of God to the best of your ability, doing everything that God says, and then you still can't get up. Now, if you're not doing any of that, then that's a reason why you can't get up. But if you're doing all of that, I'm not talking about quoting the Word. I'm talking about living the Word. I'm talking about I have balancing, but all of a sudden, you cannot get up off the canvas. You can't shake that illness. Then you need outside help. That means I need to go to a primary doctor and find out what's going on with my life. You need to go and tell them what's happening on the inside of you. You need to go and express to them exactly what. You know what? This is what bothers me about some people. Why do some people go into a doctor's office and act like they're the doctor? I'm going to tell you what's wrong. Well, you don't need the doctor if you can tell them what's wrong. Just be quiet and let them tell you. You just tell them what you're feeling in your body and what the different things that are going on in your body. It's okay. And I told you, some people think mental things that a person can't know God. You can know God and have cancer. You can know God and have high blood pressure. You can know God. You can have diabetes and you know God. So that's not the problem. It means I need extra. Doctors are a good gift. Doctors are a good gift. They're not the healer, but they are a good gift. And you need to go. And I discussed that, and I'm not going to get into all that because I won't get into my new information. You have to look at the, 
the, the tape from last week to get all of the teaching on that. But we, t- we talked about that, and that's what took up all of my time, understanding those things. That thing. Now, this is what I taught on last week pertaining to that. I've never really taught it openly in church. Now, I have talked to people one-on-one that had issues and problems about situations like that privately. But God said, no, make that public. The body needs to hear that. And so that's why I brought it forth to you. Because, let me tell you, this is, and this is another thing that people are, are not getting. And I feel so much compassion for them because once you get to heaven, you're going to find out. People don't utilize their gift. God gave you a gift, they don't utilize it. You know why? Because the gift comes into, in a form of a person. And they don't want that person to know, or they don't want to deal with that person, or they might not even like the person, but if they're your gift, you still, and people don't even, some people would still be on the planet if they would have utilized their gift. If they would have came to their gift. God might would have had an answer for them. But, what did God's word say? My people, he didn't say sinners, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They don't even have knowledge about a gift. That's why you struggle with pastor's compensation, everything else. You're too busy looking at a person and not a gift. And the gift is of God. It's not has nothing to do with man. But if you yield to a gift and let them... Because sometimes God will put what you need in your gift. Most of the time He will because you're not even hearing. Oh, that I'm praying, I'm praying. I'm like, there's a difference between praying and, and prayer. Most people are just doing prayer. They're not praying. It's different. But you have to understand, you need to utilize your gift. Well, Pastor, who is my gift? Well, now, we, that's a whole nother teaching. That's a whole nother teaching. But people don't. Because, well, first of all, sometimes people think they know more than the gift that God gave them. Maybe because they went to school. I don't know. But you missed it again. You better learn to run to your gift and say, you know what? I've done this and I've done that. And see if God said, told them anything. And we move on from there. Because we talked about that. Amen. And then I want to get to what, what we were talking about. And I told you that many things like with your mental health, things could happen because of different, different, different reasons. I told you you could have genetics going on in your body. You can have uh, a predisposition in your body. Or you can have trauma that have happened in your life. And it messes up. It short-circuits your whole mind. It short-circuits your heart. It short-circuits everything. You need some more help. You can't be afraid to do that. If you're born again, full of the Spirit, and working the Word of God, and you, you, you're a prayer, you're doing everything that the Scripture says, and you still can't get up. Now, if you're doing that, you should be able to get up. But if you're doing, if you're not doing all of that, if you're missing it, you can get outside help. I told you Luke, the disciple Luke was a physician. And when he started walking with Jesus, Jesus did not tell him, you're no longer a doctor, we won't need you anymore, I'm the healer. He was still a physician. Doctors are a good gift. 
Amen. So you need to listen to them. And please, please, and, and, and nobody that does this as much as believers, please don't go in telling the doctor what you think you know. High school education and you know more than the doc- doctor. That lets me know that you go in and tell Jesus the same thing. You tell Jesus what's going on. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what's going on. Amen? But we talked about that and we're not going to continue that. So, we're going to start the new information because you all are going to get me caught up in that again. And then I won't be able to go. I didn't tell you the intentions of this whole series of teaching. What I am laying the foundation for so that we can move forward. And, and, and you can write this down. My intent of these teachings is simply to help us. That's my whole intention. We need help. Now all of us want to, you know, we, we do over the, the next few weeks, you know, to, we, we like, okay, I, I know what you're saying and I'm pressing, I'm pressing. No, nope, you're not. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna, I want to help you be able to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm here to help. That's utilizing your gift. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're sitting there and you mad at me or you don't like me or you don't like what I'm saying, you're not going to hear anything. I don't care how much you hear with those natural ears. When I say hear, you're not going to understand anything because you're looking at the package. That's your downfall. That, I said that's your downfall. Amen? Listen. Whether those instructions, what I want to help you with, whether they're spiritual, natural, or financial, I just want to help us. I say whether it's spiritual, natural, or financial, I just want to help. You know, you think about it, there were things, just listen, there were things, listen, that you committed before you, 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 you committed before the pandemic happened and you committed while the, when the pandemic started and now the pandemic is almost over guess what and you still haven't done them I'll say it again there are things that you committed to do before the pandemic and even in these two years that the pandemic was going on God I'm going to do this okay now God oh it's things that you committed to do when I found in pastor died and guess what you still haven't done them you still haven't done them I'm here to help now we're now with the pandemic coming to an end or slowing way down, we're in a new dispensation of time. This is what I'm talking about. See, there are some spiritual instructions that God gave us two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, and we have not pressed to do them. Well, first of all, you don't come to church enough to even know what he's telling you to do. Spot here, spot there, spot there. You'll never know. Oh, I missed it there, missed it there. No, no. And you have, you, you, you're not pressed to do them. And God haven't changed. You have. 
I tell you, this pandemic has changed a lot of people. There are some natural instructions that God has given some of us. And we still have not pressed toward, forward toward it. And now that conditions are changing for some of us, it may have even, listen, you even had financial instructions. And you didn't do that either. God gave us financial instructions. You didn't do that either. Because, see, most of the time we think, I do what I want to do. I don't care that I belong to God. And I don't care what nobody say God told him this and told that. I'm going to do what I want to do. And God said, well, I'm just going to give you the instructions to do. And you still haven't done those. Very important that you know that. I'm here to help. I'm, I'm causing you to make introspection. A few years ago, I remember God spoke to our hearts through the ministers, through our founding pastor, through me, through, through many of times, God has told us about death. We talked about making wills, having things in order. Some of you need to, to, to get medical things in place, drawn up. You need to take care of your affairs. We talked about all those things before the pandemic. And guess what? You still haven't done them. Just put you in remembrance of things. And see, we think we're young. We got all this time. I don't have to do that now. No, you have to do that now. Why do you think God is telling you to do it? You can't try to get in on the, on the last end. It don't work like that. But God warned us and told us before. You didn't do it now and for the last 24 months. But guess what? You sat in your house every day through the pandemic. And this is what's so amazing about this and what God said. We have watched the death total since the pandemic started from one person dying to almost 600,000 dying. And you still didn't do anything. We're just watching people die, sitting up in the house. Taking care of no business. Doing everything but taking care of business. I got time. But God already warned us. This is what you need to do. You need to have your house in order. When I'm healthy. <laughs> healthy people get hit by a Mack truck. They love the Lord and die. But the fact that God told you to do it, you should just do it. Get off of Amazon, take that money, and go get some insurance. And see, no, 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 oh no, I'm going get to right, get you right straight, whoever made that thought. No, 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 the pastor's compensation didn't get your money. No. Because that was a commandment from the Lord. That, that was something you should have already had. Tithing don't, it don't even belong to you. That's God's anyway. Giving don't, it don't have nothing to do with that. But if you were saved like he told you to save, you'd have a little batch right there on the side just for that. What is it called? Kingdom designated funds. We've learned about that as well. And we still ain't doing nothing about it. 
I'm not going to ask you to show hands because I don't want you lying, and, and I'm not trying to put you in no spot. But you ask yourself, how many of you got a whole fund for, de- for just kingdom-designated funds? See, not going into your bill, because let me tell you, I don't want you taking your obligations and giving it to, it to, to tithes, to pastors' company. You shouldn't. Because if you have a pastor, I mean, if you have a designated fund, that's what it should be for. If you were committed to doing it, if you were consistently doing it, you'll have that. You'll have that. And it has nothing to do with your, because you should pay your obligations. And see, people don't understand. They think, well, i got to start a kingdom designated for... Well, we've been taught about that a long time ago. But the fact is, you don't even know how to start it. See, you don't even know how to start it with just putting $10 away in an account that you don't even touch. $20 away and keep putting it there, putting it there. You'll look up one day and say, oh, my God, i got $800. Yeah, i got whatever. But we're so much of consumers... Other than producers, we can't even do any designated fund. We just pinch off of that till nothing's there. God already told you what to do. And you still haven't done it. And thank God they sung the song this morning. But for His grace, here He goes again. So, when you can't do those things that God is telling you to do, listen, that is called an inability to press forward. That is an inability to press forward. What you should have done a couple of years ago, sitting in your house, there's no excuse. You were home all day. You had an opportunity to do what God said do. And, and, and see, and you're going to get to the place where you're going to need those things to be in place. And you won't have them. And you're going to be frustrated. We got See, we've you, you got to move our lives. And we've got to move this church in the instructions of God. Whether they be spiritual, natural, or financial, I want to help us grow. You have to grow. Are you following me? Now, write this down. What life means. Because all of us have life. Life means to develop. Life means to develop. That's what life means. Are you developing? Because life means to develop. I want to help us to make sure that time doesn't pass us by. And God has dealt with us about time. I don't want time to pass us by and we're still in the same place. I don't want us to run. Listen, I don't want us to run out of our allotted time to do God's instruction. I don't want us to run out of our allotted time to do God's instruction. All of us had an allotted time. Did you hear me? All of us have an allotted time. You're not going to get around that. I said it before, and I'll say it with, with uh, uh, Brother Kelly here and Brother Allen here, and I'll say it again. Sister Allen and Sister Kelly did not lose a battle. They ran out of time. That's all it was. Believers don't run out, don't, don't lose battles. 
They don't lose battles. They didn't lose battles. But everybody is allotted an allotment of time. And when that time comes, nobody is going to keep you here. So if I have an allotted time and I don't know when that time is, I need to be answering the instructions of the Lord. Because I don't know what my allotted time is. I'm trying to make sure that time doesn't pass you by. Listen, I'm slowing the train down. Remember what I told you last week? At one time I was like, jump on, jump off, or just forget it. But no, I'm slowing it down. Because I want you to get it. You're important to me. Whether you believe it or not. I'm pushing that time doesn't find this church in the same place. That's why we got to get do what we have to do. We need to, to, you know, I don't want this church to have success. And doing different things. It's like we buy land and we do this and do that. And I look out there and you're not having success. In your personal life, you must have success. I don't want to rejoice in the fact that the church is doing well. And you're not. I mean, when I say the church, because we know we are the church, and I'm talking about the, the, the finances of the church and things that we need to get done and, 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 and things we need to grow and develop and, you know, things that, like, like I said, we, we're going into our jail ministry and all that. I don't want to say we're successful in those things, yet you're not. I don't want to rejoice in the fact that you're not doing good. The purpose of this teaching is threefold. First of, uh, first of all, to glorify God, to honor Him with our lives. That's the first thing we want to do. The purpose of this teaching is threefold. The first thing is for us to glorify God and to honor Him with our life. Did I say honor Him with money? No. Did I say honor Him with things and stuff? No. Honor Him with our lives. Second thing, it is for us to remain in His will. Because the will of God is in front of us. So we have to press. The will of God for your life is right there in front of you. But you can't move forward to even reach out before it. The third thing is for us to mature. To continue to grow. And continue to develop. And then the goal of this teaching, a process of teaching, is for us to reach the mark. If we're pressing toward the mark, then we need to reach the mark. And in the context of this teaching, I want us to obtain the will of God for this and every dispensation of time in our life. Where you are right now, you need to obtain right now and every dispensation of our life, we need to reach the mark. Because our dispensation is simply a span of time. You just have a span of time to get what's done. Just a span of time. I know you think you have forever, and especially young people, they think they have forever. But you only have a span of time. 
And nobody knows who's going before who. It doesn't matter whether you're young or I have a span of time. And I need to be developing in that span of time. Are you following me? Now, I mean, it's so important that we get this and that we know this. Amen? we got to reach the mark. My objective of this teaching. See, we always have a goal. We have an objective. you got to know this is a teaching ministry. We're not here to fulfill your emotions. We're here to teach you. So when you get up and walk out of here, you'll have something that you can apply in your life that can make you go forward in life. I'm not interested in you shouting, screaming, hollering. I'm interested in you getting knowledge of the Word so you can walk according to the Word of God. That you can be successful. That in the, in, in the times to come, you will walk in the goodness of the Lord and the knowledge of God and you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free I don't want us walking around thinking off the top of our head what we're going to do about things and especially things that have to do with your very life when you have access to God the objection is I want to teach us number one how to move from our old life Mm. I got to teach you how to move from your old life. Now listen to me. Don't you know that you can be saved and still stuck in your old life? See, we think our old life is over. No, no, no. You can be saved and still stuck in your old life. You can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and still be stuck in your same old life. I'm going to prove it out to you. The second objective is I want to teach us how to press from loss. How to press from loss. Now this can be any type of loss, but in particularly, I'm going to teach on how to move from death. This can be from any loss, but I'm going to send it in on how do I press forward after death. You know, when you suffer a loss of someone you love, you can get stuck. I mean, you're still moving around and doing things, but you can get stuck. And it's very important, and listen, it's very important that we get this. You know why? Because everybody is going to experience it. Everybody in here, you're going to experience death with someone you love. Everybody. Some, uh, some going to get it earlier, some going to get it. But you are going to experience it. But I'm here to help. Because you need to know how to not be stuck when you lose a loved one. A few weeks ago, Sister Kelly went to be with the Lord. Last year, Sister Allen went to be with the Lord. A few years ago, our pastor passed and went to the Lord. That's the biggest single loss of my life. And I hurt 
when Sister Kelly passed and I hurt when Sister Allen passed, but the single most crucial loss to date was my husband. Are you with me? And when that, that that's a big hit in your life. See, you don't get it. You don't get it because it haven't happened to you. But it will. That's that, that's no ifs, ands, and buts about that. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about that. Every one of us is just like the candy, now or later. But we're going to go through that. And you got to know how to not get stuck in it. And listen, no matter how much you love the person that's gone, what kind of relationship you had with them, and how much it hurt. And it really, really, it hurts. Like, I can't explain it to you. And no matter how the hurt is, you have to get up. And you got to move forward. You still got to get up. And you have to move forward. And I don't want to see any member of this church that our pastor being stuck in the life of a memorial or a funeral. Mm -mm. We can't be stuck like that. We got to press. And again, it is difficult. I'm not talking about something I heard of. I'm not talking about something that somebody told me. I'm talking about something I live. And that I live from day to day. So I'm not talking about no hearsay. It is difficult. And for some people, it's like a little time has passed. Uh, I think it's been three or four years since passed. But for you, it might seem long. But for me, it's like yesterday. But you don't understand that because it's not happening to you. But one day it will. And you need to be prepared. The third objective is I want to teach us how to move forward from disappointments. From disappointments. Now, if you've never been disappointed, had an experience of disappointment, would you meet me after church so I can exchange my life with yours? But I want to teach us how to move forward or, or, or press forward from disappointments. Because it's one thing... Life is fraught with disappointments. And disappointments hurt. And it hurts because it's that first part of the word, this. This is not the appointed time that I didn't want that to happen. So now I'm disappointed. So how do I move on when I've been disappointed? And it could be disappointed in many areas. It could be with death, it could be with a relationship, it could be with a job, it could be any kind of disappointment. But it's a disappointment I didn't want to happen. Now listen to me. If you're struggling to press forward from your old life, when you suffer loss, which you will, all of us will. 
and you experience disappointment, which all of us will, it begins to stack on top of one on top of each other. That's what gets you stuck. It starts stacking up in your life. And then the fourth thing I want to teach us how to press when we miss God. And see, that'll stack up with it. How do you press when you miss God? Because guess what? We all will miss Him. Sometimes it's deliberate. It's a deliberate act. You just haul off and just sin. I'm just going to do this. That's called missing God. Then sometimes we miss God and we're sincerely trying to do what He asked us to do. But we missed it. We're not doing it the right way. Because again, remember I did a teaching on that. I don't care. I don't care if God told you to do it a certain way. I don't care if you say, well, I see an easy way to do it. I'm going to do it that way. Well, you just miss God. He told you how he wanted it done. You can't do it your way. I don't care how you think it looks. If God said do it that way, you can't do it any other way. Or you missed it. But I got it done. Yeah, but you didn't do it. God wants you to obey every word he says. It's for a reason. Because you do it your way, and then six months later you see, I should have done that another way. Yeah, you don't see it right away. I mean, God's people just got to stop being so foolish. We And, and let me tell you, Sister Johns always says this, and, and she, said, she said, you know what, Pastor? She said, I don't know about any other churches. She said, but nobody that go to church and live in water is going to have no excuse when they stand before the Lord. We get too much word. You ain't going to have no excuse. They are not going to have no excuse because we get the word. Listen, we all will miss God. Guess what? I found in pastor have missed God. I have missed God. The pastor after me will miss God. We all have been there. You can't get stuck there. And we all have a heart to please God. But at some point you'll miss Him. I can help you with that. And you can get so stuck when you miss God. And all these things happen, but we still have to press from our old life. We have to press from loss. We got to press from disappointments. And we still got to press when we miss God. We got to press. I miss Him, but oh God, I got to press. And you can't dibble and dabble in the Word and do this. I'm going to tell you that now. You can't. That's why, before I taught this, God gave us, what, nine or ten weeks on staying focused and undistracted? Because when you're not focused and undistracted, you're not going to do this. You can't. You dibble and dabble in the world and then think you're coming back to this? Let me just, let me just go on. Five. I want to teach us how to press from a stagnant state. Some of us have been in a stagnant state. Now I believe the reason for this teaching is so important. is because if you don't know how to press, 
and move forward, these things are going to stack themselves up so heavy in your life, you, you're not going to even know it. You're going to think it's okay. But it's stacked in your life. So here we go. We got stacked with, with, with the loss. We got stacked with disappointment. We got stacked on top of missing, uh, 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 missing God. And then we got another stack in this stagnant place I'm in. All of that weighing in on you. And you love God. And it's just stacked up in your life. Just stacked, stacked, stacked. Coming in this building don't mean that you're not in a stagnant place. Streaming doesn't mean you're not in a stagnant place. Judge your stagnant place to see how you've obeyed God. Then you'll know if you're stagnant or not. Not by coming in this building. So we, and, and when all of those things are stacked upon us, it makes it very difficult, very, very difficult to press forward. Very difficult. Amen. And so we have to understand, if we're not careful, so many things, when they get stacked up against us and we're not able to press, yeah, we can't get up off the, off, off the canvas and things are happening. Let me tell you, you're in an extreme situation. But God is going to help you. Now, see, this is, the, this is the problem. See, some of you are in here today and you're getting this, but you're not going to come back next Sunday. And, I mean, for whatever reason, because some of you work on Sunday, and I get it. You know, you, 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 it is what it is. But do you go back and you be like, well, wait a minute, let me find that on YouTube because I need to get that because it's going to go with something else. So I'll be prepared when I come back. You cannot get chopped up knowledge. you got gaps in your knowledge. When you have gaps in your knowledge, you're not going to do anything. But stay just like you are, stuck. All of this is line upon line and precept upon precept. Everything, you have to put it together and you have to walk in it. Are you following me? So very important. Now go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And let's, let's start. Let's start with dealing with how to press or move from your old life. 2 Corinthians 5. How to press from my old life. Write that down. How do I press from my old life? Or how do I move from this old life? And I really, I'm not really so much talking to sinners. I'm talking about as a believer. How do I leave my old life in the past? Now, when I say old life, listen to me closely. Because, see, some people, when I say old life, the only thing you're thinking about is sin. I'm not necessarily. It's more to your old life than just sinning. When we talk about old life, we're also talking about, you know, it doesn't just always boil down to sin. Just your old life. Because, see, you might not be sinning now, but you, but you still could be stuck in your old life. Now, there's many of you, again, you may not be living in sin anymore. But that does not mean that you have moved from an old life. I want to give us a broader context of what I mean. Because, see, we think, every, because we're born again, I'm not into that old life. Nope. 
Some of you still, some of you have been stuck in your old life for years. Born again, but that old life. When I say pressing from our old life, I'm also talking about, here we go, guilt, shame, embarrassment, damage. See, when I talk about stuck in your old life, I'm talking about things that you still think you're guilty of and, and shamed of, embarrassed of, the damage. Because a lot of times we say, I'm not sinning. But you have to press towards God. you got to press towards God. Have you moved? You probably moved, but guess what? Some of the old things from your old life came with you. It, it, it snuck up. Let me tell you, you were giving your life to God and everything, and that old part of you was, lit, was holding on to you tight. I'm going in with you. Again, you might not be sinning, but that old life was coming along with you. You could be saved for years, did you hear me, and still haven't come away from your old life. Second Corinthians, a very well-known scripture, chapter 5, beginning at verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new and become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Mm-mm-mm. i got to read that again. Therefore, we're talking about the old man. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So here is the question. Have the old things passed away? Ask yourself. And have everything become new? Ask yourself. This is an introspection. Have, I'll say it again, have old things passed away according to the scriptures? Is every, have everything become new? Have the state of things changed? Or is the old life still weighing on us in some way? Have everything changed? Or is the old life still weighing in on us in some way? Now, God asked me to ask you this question, and I'm going to ask you. He said, ask them which one of them have the time or the energy to live two lives. I know I don't. How, how many of you have the time or the energy to live two lives? The old life and the new life. 
Because that takes time and energy. Because you got to uh, double time it. Hmm. Now I'm going to tell you right now, right off the bat, I don't have the time or the energy. Are you, are you with me? Now when God had, you know, me write this scripture down, and then he said, can they still be in that state? Ask them, can you still be in that state? Wow. After all these years, are you still holding on to that old man? Is it still preoccupying you in your life? That takes a lot of energy. Still talking the same way. Still saying the same silly thing. Still thinking the same Still not moving forward. All, listen, always, always, everybody say always. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Always the groomsman, never the groom. Always somebody else is doing it. You always what you're going to do. Oh, man. They never let you go. See, this will let you know why you haven't advanced in the things of God. Advanced in the kingdom of God. You can't when the old man is dominant. You are a new creation. The old man shouldn't be dominating you. But why is it? Why is it dominating you? Listen to me. There's nothing, there is absolutely nothing in your life before Christ that can establish you or help you press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. Nothing. Nothing in your life is going to cause that. It only is going to come through God. So you need to let that go. It will not establish you in the things of God. That old man will never establish you. What it's going to do is cause you not to move forward. Are you with me? You need to understand that. It's going to cause you not to move forward. Now go to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. What a good God we serve. And we have to be a people that understand what God is saying. To move forward, number one. Now I'm going to give you something to help you move forward. Number one, I must leave my old life willingly. Oh, that's key. You must be willing to leave your old life. You gotta willingly do it. You can't regret doing it. Oh, I don't want to give that up. You're not going to. You gotta willingly give it up. Sometimes we get saved, but we don't want to leave our old life willingly. And it'll cause us not to press. It'll cause us not to move forward. Look, nothing in my old life will ever establish me to press or to move. Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing in your life before Christ that will establish or help you press or cause you to move. Nothing. So stop looking for it. It won't establish you. Now here 
in Genesis 12, God wants Abraham to press. And at this point, he's known as Abram. And he's not gotten his name changed to Abraham. But look at these instructions. And I'm going to show you what we look at and what we miss. In Genesis chapter 12, beginning at verse 1, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, we love verse 2 and 3. About him being made a great nation and being blessed and making him a blessing. But I'll tell you this. Verse 1 is key. Verse 1 is key. We love 2 and 3, but verse 1 is key. Look what it says in verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I'll show you. Key. Now, I'm going to show you why that's key. Because if you don't do number one, you're not getting number two. Because that's the way it read. He says, when you do that, then I will make of you a great nation. Let's read it again. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from the father's house, and to a land where I will show you. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. See, God didn't just say, I'm going to make you a blessing. He said, you got to do something. You got to do something. What he was telling Abraham and what he's telling you today is you have to get out of your old life. You have to get out. And that's what he was telling Abraham. You got to get out of your old life. And I have an A, B, and C for this. Letter A, church. I have to leave my old lifestyle. Ooh, you like, oh God, I'm, I came to church on the wrong day. Yeah, you got to get out of your old lifestyle. You know, when it says in this scripture, out of your country, here, that country means or represent your culture. You got to get out of your old culture. I don't care what it is. You know, we can, we can get into our country. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm this type and, you know, I grew up in this neighborhood and we did that and, you know, we black and we do this and, you know, you all Hispanic, y'all do that and, you know, that's culture. He said, I want you to get out of that. You know, we do it this way. They do it that I you know. We fry chicken this way. They do it that way. We do it. You know, all this just culture. He said, you need to get out of that mess. See, you ain't ready for God. You ready for religion. Well, ain't no religion here. You got to go to the other church for that. Ain't no religion here. This is relationship. So you're going to be taught well. 
and you shouldn't have slipped in here. Now you got it. You, now, now God's going to hold you responsible. You're like, dang it. It's too late. So God said, I want you to get out of your culture. That's all it is. I'm this color, and, you know. And all of us are like this. That's stereotype. Um, we we from you know we got that good too. We from the south. In the south, we do it like we drink sweet tea. We do this because we from the south. Oh, that's culture. That's all that is. This culture. But wait a minute. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Your culture don't count. Now, take that up with God. You know, we're so proud of our heritage, black power, the kind of power, skinhead power, you know, all of that foolishness that don't amount to a hill of beans. Because guess what? When you die, <laughs> dirt is dirt. Then you sure gonna die. Not sure, you sure gonna die. And then nobody don't care if you're black, white, Hispanic, Egyptian, Asian. They, nobody cares. You're dirt. This body's dirt. Now we know you're a believer. You never die. Just transition. Let that old raggedy body go on to the dirt. But see, we get, we get so caught up into our culture. But he was telling Abraham, I want you to come out of that foolishness. You'll never be able to do nothing great for me if you're caught up in all of that. <sighs> y'all just messing with me. But I'm going to finish this today because y'all don't want that other to next Sunday, but you're getting it. Listen. So we need to understand that you are now a new creature. I don't care how young you think you are. I'm young and young people do it. You know, we do this. Get out of that culture. Yeah, we need to be around the young people. That's somebody that want to practice sin. Hmm. Got to get out of your old lifestyle willingly. And guess what? Your old lifestyle will wear you down. You just don't see it now, but it'll wear you down. When it get through with you, you'll see it. And it'll keep you from pressing. See, I remember in my 20s and 30s, oh, how young. How young people are in their 20s. And thirty and, and 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 you know what? And I'm not trying to and I'm not trying to be mean anything. But most of the time in your twenties and thirties, you're stupid. Okay, okay. So you won't be offended. I was stupid in twenty. Well, see, now that's not me. You're stupid. And it's okay because I, you know, you you don't think much of they twenty. Well, yeah, give them a little stupidity. They they're young. Because, see, when I was in my 20s and 30s, that's when I got saved. But you know what? In my salvation, I still kind of wanted to know what was happening in the world, though, even though I knew God. 
But I still wanted to know, you know, what's, what's happening? What's happening here, there? I can guarantee, I'm going to show you how much, how much you are still in the world. Most of you all didn't even know that we got a new justice. But all of you knew about Jada and Will and Chris, you worldly thing. See, you put more, uh, you talk about it every day. But ask you about people in the Bible. You don't even know their name. I'll say a name you won't be. Who? Mephibah who? Mephibah who? But you know more about the stars than you know about biblical truths. I could ask any of you all. You all know what the slap was. You're busy looking at memes, laughing at them, and you like, he should have hit it back. He's a worldly. That's what you are. Take it up with God. And you're not going to miss it because if you go on TV, it's going to be there. But how much did you play in it? You're all in the mess. And you gave your opinion. No, he shouldn't have done that. It wasn't right. Well, see, you start giving your opinion, that shows you where you are. You can't even give an opinion about the Word of God. Let, let, let us throw out something for you to get on the Word of God. You start stuttering, start talking about stuff that's all off subject and everything else. But talk about Chris and Will. And who's the other one I said? Who? Jada. I bet you you can tell me everything. A little introspection. Why don't she sit down? <laughs> well, why don't you make me? See, I just got worldly as you. Why don't you make me? See, that just shows you straight up worldliness right there. But I mean it. <laughs> but I'm trying to tell you, this is where people miss it. And, and again... I ain't, I, I, I ain't even afraid because stuff is all over the news. But can you expound on the word? Like you can expound on foolishness. I wouldn't even known that been an Oscar in case, unless, until all that stuff started popping up. I wouldn't even known Oscars was even that night. Some of you know more secular songs. And religious song. You be up here to me. Give you some little hip hop stuff. You can do. You can mouth everyone and on beat. You know, you at church. You on the left beat, the wrong beat. Put on some some garbage music, baby. You you with the beat. Oh, well, I mean, everything's just straight. This shows you how worldly you are. Put on religion. I never heard that one before. You know who's dating who? Who broke up with who? Y'all can tell us that. Yeah, I know. And I don't know why Will did that because, you know, Jada cheated on him. Like you know them. Now I ask you about Elijah and Elisha. Who? Isn't that Samuel's son's name? And is that even in the Bible? Don't know nothing about the Word of God. See, people think oh, if they go to church, that means something. I want to hear you expound on the Word. Iron sharpeneth iron. I want to hear you come with the Word. I ain't hearing none of that. We're talking about, don't forget, that old man stuck to you. 
even though you love God. It's stuck to you. But you have to be willing to let the old man go. And then let her be, I must leave people. Ooh. What people? People from the old life. Oh, I remember God trying to tell people to have new relationships. I can't. They my friend. Okay. They ain't even your friend today. The people from your old life is not your people anymore. Did you hear me? They are no longer. See, you have to say, they're no longer my boy. That's my boy. They're no longer your girl. They're no longer your ride and die. (laughs) Your partner. They are no longer here. Thick as thieves. Old life. You still want to hook up with that. I had a best friend in high school. She lives in Dallas now. And me and her went in different directions. And we still call each other every now and then and, and just see how each other's doing and everything like that. But she respects where I am and I know where she is. And let me tell you, anybody that was your friend of old and they know where you are, we talk and everything. But she don't come and uh, try to get close in my life because she know where I stand. Do your friends know that? And if they really love you, they're, they're okay with that. I'm just calling to check on you. How you doing? This, that, and other. Well, I know they, oh, you still preaching the word? You still, well, that's where we were. Now, I wasn't preaching no word when we were hanging out in high school. But we went different directions. I made up my mind when I met Jesus and when I got with my husband, I didn't have time for no other kind of foolishness. None. Because I was serious. Most of you not serious. It's no longer blood. It's thicker than what? No, you're under the blood of Jesus. You got a new blood. You got to leave old people. Why? Because your new life has to move forward. And you're not going to do it dealing with old people. And this is why you have to be so careful with social media. Listen to me. Because all social media does is keep you connected to old life. It's what it does. And listen, young, especially you young people, you can't clean up your contacts and your followers from your old life to your new. It don't work like that. You connected, you connected with them. That's not the way the system works. It's not set up. You gotta let you know, you have to let some people go. But we've been friends. You got to let them go. See, you're struggling right now with what I'm saying. Why? Because you don't want to break away from that some old people. And God is saying you have to. And some of you, you have to. That's been your whole problem. You have to be okay with this. Some people don't come into your life to stay forever. Be okay with that. Some people do not come in your life to stay. And you be okay. And especially those before Christ. 
Everybody's not intended to be in your life forever. And social media is nothing but a bunch of drama. That's all. It's keeping up with who last said what. And who's going to be the, the, the next one to say it. And what did they say? Girl, let me go on that page and see. This keep you tied into old you. Now, if you're on social media, I invite you to just come to my page. That'll free you of a lot of stuff. I know you. I, I like the ones that stay off my page because I know your tail is worldly. I'd run from that page too. If I was as worldly as you, because ain't no, you ain't gonna find that junk on there. And and I know you don't want to get on it because you don't want to be free. And some of you, you know, you 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 know you you those spies that come and you don't never say nothing, but you peeping. Uh, ooh, let me see what she said there. Let's see what. Ooh, amen, amen. But I can't write it. I can't write it. It's okay. God already told me you're a peeping tongue. But that's okay. I'm good with peeping tongue. Peep in. It'll free you from that old person. Because I don't need your likes. I I only post for impact. I don't post for likes. Let me tell you, I could have thousands and thousands of followers if many people hit me up and ask me to be friends of and I just delete, 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 delete. I only friend who I want to, and I think I got about 87 people, and I've been on there a while, because I don't let any and everybody on my page. Because it's a privilege and an honor to talk about God. and you get, If you got on my page, you ought to count it a privilege and an honor. And you need to go on there and get fed every day. Like, let me get something. Let me get something with my worldly tale. Instead of going and looking for Chris and whoever else and looking, looking for the gossip and the foolishness on social media that's keeping you in that old person that you are. And then you think you're going to come and walk in this word. No, no, no. It don't work like that. It won't work like that. See, I have two ministries. This one here, and let me tell you, the one on Facebook, that is a ministry for me because it's a certain amount. And most of it, I don't really, I really minister in the Church of the Living Water on there. Because that's mostly all who I put on my page. I don't really put anybody else. Somebody else might, they, they'll see it because they're friends with somebody that somebody in here. And then they'll, be, they'll ask me to be friends and I still say no. And I look and I see who they're friends with and I say no. You did, whatever you was getting through seeing it on their page, see it that way. Because I don't, I don't need, I, I'm not there for a whole bunch of, oh, they got, you know, is she an influencer because she got thousands of people. I don't need no thousands of people. I need Church of the Living Water. That's my assignment on the page and off. And if you notice any of you that come to my page, you notice I put on that C-O-L-W, talking to you. This is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Or whatever. Because I'm, I'm not about that. And you ought not to be about it. Because the old man loves foolishness. Letter C. Ooh, this one's going to be good. Write it down because you're not going to do any of this. You have to leave your family. <laughs> oh, God. I know. I know nobody want to do that. Ain't, ain't nobody go tell me. Ain't nobody go tell. Okay, because ain't nobody telling you but God. So don't say ain't nobody. Just say God ain't telling me. 
He just told him to leave his family. What do you mean, Pastor? He told him, leave your father's house. You have to stop using your family as an excuse of why you're not moving forward. Why you haven't pressed. You have to make sure that I'm not living under, listen, you have to make sure that you're not living under ungodly influence of your family. Everybody in here, including myself, have at least an ungodly element in our family, or if not a flat-out ungodly family. Every one of us. Now, you can just stop playing. No, everybody in my family say, Now, well, you're not because you're lying. Everybody in here got some kind of ungodliness in their, within their family. And that's okay. We understand that. But if God said you have to leave them, now see, then what did they mean, leave them? Now, I didn't say go in and tell them, I'm done with you. You're none of that. None of that foolishness. But see, when you're influenced by them, you've got to move away from their, them being influ- influential in your life. Some of you, you couldn't, you can forget about, forget about your, your walk and you influencing somebody in your family. No, you done live too worldly for them. They ain't listening to nothing you say. But you still need to move away. Some of you too much like them. They no. I don't care what you say. God said, no, you look just like them to them. Ask God. I have to make sure that I'm not living ungodly of, under ungodly influence of a family. Again, everybody has that in their family. You have to say, nope, I can't, I can't do this. And at some point, you gotta not. You have to understand. You can't be defined by who your family is. You can't be defined by your family history. Well, you don't know my family. I don't need to know your family. That's thug heathens in every family. So I don't need to know your family. I don't have to know your family. But know this, know this. Your families have chains on you. Unless you allow your family history to chain you down, they're going to chain you. You are in chains. And you don't even know it. They got you chained down. You don't know what mama did. You don't know what daddy did. You don't know what brother did. You don't know what sister did. I don't know and I don't care. Because it has nothing to do with anything. And some of you have been out from under the influence of your family so long, and you've had the opportunity to be out from under that influence of your family longer than you've been with your family. You've been out of it long, so why are you letting them influence you? I I wish I would. Let somebody that's not in my life try to influence me. I don't, what? And in my family, and I know you ain't right. And listen, and I'm not saying that you're just walking a sinful life. I know you ain't even in enough word to influence me. So why waste my time? I'm talking about spiritually. I'm going to love you as family because you always love family. You say, you, you're going to love, that's not what I'm saying. 
I'm saying you if you're talking about getting the old man off and getting the influence off that's causing you to stay with the old man, you got to let people go. Because I've seen it. I've seen people be spiritual with one group and worldly with another in this ministry. And all it is is because the old man is stuck to you. Don't mean you don't love God. You love God, but you, you let me tell you, I've seen it. I'm not talking about somewhere else. I've seen it in this ministry. One way with the brethren, another way with, with, with people that are worldly. Let me tell you, I'm the same straight across the board. Even around worldly people. I'm going to be me. I wish I would change for you. But those are type but but those are type people they need to know what God is saying and they need to change. But no, you're not a leader. Leaders don't bend like that. I tell my granddaughter all the time, I say, Listen, you are a leader. You don't have to be like anybody else. You don't have to talk like anybody else. You don't have to and, and she said, Well, what do you mean? I said, I'm telling you, you if somebody else is doing something, you don't have to do it. I say, even your brother, because your brother's doing something, you don't have to do that. You are a leader. A leader don't get caught up like that. A leader let everybody do what they're going to do. You stand there because one day they're going to need you. But they're not going to come to you if you're just like them. Some people you just have to let go. Last point. I must embrace your new life. You got to embrace your new life. I close with this. I must wholly, when I say wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, completely and fully embrace my new life. That means letter A, I must embrace my new life, my new people, and a new family. When you get to involved with other people, that's who you need to surround yourself with. Surround yourself with people of like faith. You have to. I do not let anyone into in now for me, I can fellowship with you on one on one and even if I know you're worldly and your family, I, I can still fellowship with you, I can love on you, I can talk to you and think that. But you will never be in my circle. Never. I can't allow that. You know why? Because I guard my heart with all diligence. Because out of it flows the issues of life. I don't let any and everybody in because they say they're family. It doesn't stop my love for them. It doesn't stop me from talking to them or fellowshipping with them when I see them out or whatever. Love on them. Love on their children. Love on them. Love on all of that. But you'll never, ever be in my circle. I can't allow you there. For the one reason, I guard my heart. And I want to be available when you need me. And I want you to see me spiritual, not carnal like you. I want at the end of the day when something come upon your life, I want you to be able to call and say, I just need to talk to you. People are not going to do that with worldly people or Christians that act worldly. They'll be like, well, let's ask them and see what they think. And guess what they do? They're going to call and ask somebody spiritual because they're just as worldly.
the new life. You got to embrace it. Now I want you all to have an assignment for you. I want you all to go home and read Genesis 19 before we come back next week. I want you to read the whole book of Genesis 19. And we're going to get back in that. Amen? We're going to get back in that. Listen, you can never move forward, listen, if you're always looking backwards. One day my grandson was coming in my bedroom, and he was coming, and he was looking back in the kitchen. And at the time he was coming in, I was looking back at something in my room. He was coming. And when, we, when I opened the door, we startled each other. And the reason why we startled each other is because both of us was walking forward, but we were looking back. And we were like, oh, oh, you know, what? Because you cannot move forward and, and, and see it the way it's supposed to be if... You're looking back. You gotta let go of those things behind. Let it go. Let it go. Now listen to me. Stop looking back. We're gonna deal with that on next week too. And we're gonna, we're gonna deal some more, some more with this. But we're gonna, we're gonna stop here because that's enough. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.